everybody. Good Friday afternoon. Dave Putz here from JKP Holdings alongside me. Mr. Nathan Turner, how are you doing? Good day, good day. Very good, thanks. How about you? Good, man. Weather's turning around. We're getting uh, warmer. I think we're hitting like 70 up here in Jersey, which is shocking. It's exciting. We were actually about 70 yesterday, uh, maybe even 72. We were right Whoa. up. And then uh, today, have this huge storm coming through so it's just rainy 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 all day cooler but eh, that's springtime for you <laughs> hey it's not snowing i we ran our snowblower out this last weekend i'm like oh hopefully nothing crazy happened yeah yeah no that's nice so uh, for us we're dealing with a couple of purchases right now i got a couple cfds we're talking pre getting online um and i think we're talking about we're going to be doing in a few weeks how to turn a CFD to a note, which uh, is going to be exciting. Uh, yeah. We're going to bring on some special guests to talk about that, uh, which is something that if I buy these notes, I want to do. I want to switch it over from a note, a CFD to a note, just for the quality of it, uh, the asset value, uh, and to be able to resell it. I know the couple of companies we sell to, they don't buy CFDs. Right. They only buy notes. So. At the same time, maybe we'll get into some of the advantages of CFDs and why you'd even maybe want to keep them as a CFD. And that's a good point. It depends on where you're at. And anyway, well, that's a different, <laughs> different well, day. Stay tuned. We'll be doing it in a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, next week will be a really cool one. We're, we're prepping those weeks up. We don't have them in the books yet, so we're not telling you which week's going to be, but uh, they're going to be really cool. Yeah, so, got some good stuff coming up. We're in the process of buying a few um, CFDs and notes um we're in the streamline i think six or seven right now uh with another two or three kind of in the wings um little three put pool little things here and there what's up with you man how are things with you you're uh purchasing and selling and all that good stuff yes i found out this week i lost out on i had three bids in i lost them so now i gotta go back and find some more i got some li line on some and I, I haven't put any more offers in just yet but gotcha yeah whatever yeah <laughs> oh so everyone out there you have to understand when you, when people are scared to make offers make offers because most of the time something happens something goes crazy so just because it is what it is doesn't make it possible yeah. and it's not going to always happen so awesome so we're diving in today about modifications both the for the lender who modifies as well as the buyer of the modification and the do's and don'ts um this is an interesting topic for me um because we had a recent conversation with another investor who was selling one they did mod um and we walked through some of the frustrations that i had as a buyer that made it really difficult to purchase from it and as an investor who's making these mods our mindset sometimes is well, whatever the borrower can do. Right. So what goes into your mindset when you're creating your mods? What's first off, what's the reason, right? What's for those yeah. who are not, uh, why do we mod? Most of the time we mod because the, there's something that the borrower can't do. Um, maybe it was something, maybe I think probably in most cases they stopped paying some time ago, whether that's six months or a year ago or whatever. Um, and we're just kind of getting them back on track. And it's interesting over the last 
year or 18 months or so, I find I've actually done more reinstatements than I have done actual modifications. And partially just because it's, it's already done, it's easy. Um, but just depending. Um, but if and when I do mod, or even when I'm creating a brand new loan, um, if I'm, I'm creating, yeah, doing a brand new origination, yeah. um, we've talked about this before where you've always got to have the mindset of what's the end goal here and are you going to hang on to this long term and if you are that's great and that may guide you in a different direction versus uh the mindset of of the possibility of selling this sometime in the future yeah and and how do i make this an attractive note for somebody later where i'm going to be able to sell it and and still make a profit off of it there's another way i was talking to Shante a few I guess a month or two ago and another reason is and we've done it before where a borrower is way behind and the maturity date's coming up yeah and you they'll just stop statements something else you got to get that modded okay yeah. if not that loan's been short there's nothing you can do after that point <clears throat> so mod is definitely necessary for those kind of situations right right and you're right it's a law all kinds of you know the wise and the borrower side have to also Go into the play of the why for us. What's the reason for modding for our sake, right? Yeah. I get we want to mod and make the borrower in a much better situation, but you have to run numbers. Yeah. You can use the calculator. We have a time value calculator and see what will work. And you play with numbers. Yeah. All you know, the time. And, and mods can be incorporate reinstatement and just saying, okay, if you put this much money down, we'll play with the UPB. There's all kinds of ways you can do it so the borrower gets a payment they want. Right. But you have to look at the fact that what you're doing in the end of the game. And that's just it. It has to make sense for the borrower. And it also has to make sense for you as a lender uh, and potential lenders down the road. Yeah. And so you have to kind of look at all of that um, and make sure that it's an attractive enough deal for everyone involved to, yep. to say, yes, let's go ahead. So I've done more. I'm going to say more reinstatements that I have mods um it's it's close yeah i think for me you know mods are awesome because those who are listening i've talked about this before reinstatements are dangerous because there's little control a lot of times reinstatements yeah right because you're if they put down the money they're reinstated but sometimes you can't control any of that um we'll put a freeze on account and say listen you unless put the whole money down there's nothing you can put, money, you know, a little bit of money down because yeah. you don't want them extending the deadline. But we want to make sure that when you're modding, you're putting in terms that make sense for you as the investor. I've turned down people. So listen, I have to foreclose. There's Me nothing too. to do to mod here. Yeah, It's a 3% coupon. I can't change this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I've got one. 10%, I can mod that all day long. Exactly. Exactly. I've got one. That's the situation right now where uh, the interest rate on that it was something they modded, I don't know, years ago, five, six years ago, and they put it to like a two or 3% interest rate. There is no room for me to negotiate on that on my side. So unfortunately it's a foreclosure and we're, we're having to go ahead with it just, just because the math. Um, and, you know, I really wish it could be different, but that's, that's the fact of it, you know, and, and besides that, even if we decided we'd do something else like a reinstatement or something, it just it seems very much, like a non possibility. Um, yeah. So again, you got to consider all those things. And sometimes that can be a really tough decision and, and 
you know, one that you have to kind of grapple with, but yeah. in the end, this is a business and, and you have to treat it as a business. One of the most common conversation we've had recently is about the interest rate drives a lot of this, right? Yeah. That when you're getting into a mod and the mod is set or the interest rate set at a three, there's really little where you can go with that mod. Right. Because usually a mod reduces it um, or extends the deadline. <clears throat> so if the 3% coupon, you could extend it. But if there's 25 years left in that 3%, yeah, you very little you can do because right. you want to make that payment reasonable for the borrower, which is the reason they're they're modding and not reinstating. But at the same time, you have to sell it, right? right? And for the investor side of it, at a five percent coupon rate, that makes it extremely difficult to buy. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure how far we'll get today. Talk about this. We talked off air, but understanding that that. If that's a five percent coupon and that balance alone is say, you know, fifty grand, you can run the numbers on a time value calculator, HB calculator, whatever you want to run, to get that to a ten percent return is extremely difficult and a significant discount. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and so that's where it needs to make sense. Although there are some potential mitigating factors, like. Um, amount of equity say on that example it's a thirty thousand yeah. dollar balance but maybe the house is worth a hundred thousand well that that can change some things and then how much time is left um how much time has it has already passed and how much time is left in the loan if yeah. there's you know five years that's very different from 15 or 20 years left in the loan so those kind of things play in as well but i think you're right i think the main factor is that interest rate and and what is it set at uh that determines the bulk of of the value of that loan yeah i'm just playing with some numbers in the background here if i took a fifty thousand dollar upb mm -hmm. and i wanted to get it 25 without doing reverse calculation here which i should do make it a lot faster to get a 10 percent coupon or 10 percent return a year for investors i have to basically pay uh, 31, around 31,000 or so just to make it work. Right. So, so you, if you're the note holder and you're yeah. selling that, you'd have to take a significant haircut. Yeah. $32,000 gets you a yield if there's 180 payments left. Right. So right. I'm just playing with, uh, make it easier here. Do you have it on screen? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I've got mine up as well. So yeah, so this is a 3% coupon to get it We're to using your desktop. yield. So far, it's just your desktop. I bought this good. Yeah, let's share the screen. Let's see if I can get this guy. Share. Better? Yeah, that's good. Okay. So if there's 180 payments left, and we're looking at a $50,000 UPB to get this thing to a 10% yield to maturity. Mm -hmm. I have to buy it for 32,000. Right. Right. If that's an 8% coupon and I'm just going to throw numbers because I can reverse calculate it, but I'm going to probably guess is probably around 42,000, even probably. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking at the fact that 44, 
look at the difference between the eight percent yeah three percent coupon same payment structure right we right. can now if those are different be different but if we were in a situation where we want a mod alone and keep the same maturity date to get a three percent coupon to a ten percent return for us the investor I have to buy it thirty two thousand right or I have to right. sell it for thirty two thousand to get that buyer a 10% return. If that's an 8% coupon originally, right now, to give a 10% away, return to the the buyer, mm -hmm. I have to knock only $5,500 off of it. So I'm gonna let you share yours. If it's a little different, I'm sure. Let me um, do this, go ahead. So you can see what, what, you know, what Nathan's talking about. And I'm also monitoring the questions. So if you have questions, guys, feel free to put it in there. So he used the HP calculator. I, I use the HP too. Yep. So it's a little, it's the same format. I just do spreadsheets. As everyone knows, I'm a spreadsheet crazy man. So <laughs> I find this easier, but I, whatever works for you, that's it. Yeah. So actually this is one I was working recently. So this is one that I own right now uh, that I'm selling where these are the figures. So maybe just a really brief introduction. We won't really do a calculator lesson this time, but <laughs> That, that's a whole other lesson. But you've got the number of payments, your yield or your interest rate, present value, payment amount. Present value is a value. purchase rate, is a purchase price normally? Purchase or, price or unpaid value, unpaid yep. balance, um, depending on what you're looking at. Yeah, which angle you come from. And then essentially what you're doing is you're just trying to solve for one of these. So in this case, uh, this is, these are the parameters that I have right now. So it's a, it, there are 117 payments left. It's at a 5% interest rate, 35.824 is what the unpaid balance is. And they pay 387.49 a month. And then the future value, we keep it at zero for our purposes here. Just we're going to- And that's a, it it's a balloon on it. That's normally where the balloon goes. Right, right. But this one, there's no balloon or anything. So it just runs to the end. Um, so same thing, if I'm going to sell this at a 10% yield, uh, I got to take 28 for it. Scroll up a little bit here. Here you go. 28,000, right? right? So it, it, it's crazy to see that, but that's the difference. At a 5% coupon, look at a discount he has to give. Right, right. So luckily for me in this case, uh, there are some of these mitigating factors that the house is worth quite a bit more. Um, they've been paying a long time. Uh, so I'm actually selling it for a little bit more than this. So that's great. Great news for me. Yeah. But, um, but those are the kind of things you have to consider. And, the, and by the way, I looked at all that normally at a 5% interest rate, that's something I would probably pass over. Uh, but in this case, I was able to get it at, at a good enough discount when I purchased it. And then I knew about these other factors as well. And I calculate in at the beginning, what I think I can sell it for later. Um, so that I know what I'm dealing with and how to, how to move forward with it. Yeah. So it's amazing the fact that when you're working this out for the borrower, you have to make sure that you either extend the maturity date, make sure the time of the many payments are out, or the interest rate has a change. And when you're calculating this, you need to make sure you're calculating it for the you, the investor. So if you're going to, I'm going to sell this asset, right? You need to make sure that happens. More than likely, they're going to hopefully refi you out and get out of the whole thing. But initially, when you're going to look to it, you're probably looking to sell this thing eventually. Maybe not be now, maybe a year from now. 
And if you made this into a low interest coupon or the time period doesn't make sense, it, it won't work. So sometimes you can make a 5% coupon work by you know, making the payments different. Right. And you can make that work yeah. so that the buyer has a, has a scenario. Right. So maybe you shorten the number of payments. So let's call it uh, 75 payments. Oops. 75 payments. And then on the interest, and then your payment goes from 387 to 519. So maybe that's how that works in that case. I've done it also where I've modded, uh, modded it out. Oh, that's at the 10%, but I've modded it out so that I've actually raised the interest rate. Um, yeah. Because we had a conversation about what, what can you do on a monthly basis? And we, we centered it around their monthly payment, um, knowing that that was the thing that was most important to them. And then I go back later, and this is something I do on a somewhat regular basis, is I'll say, listen, you're paying 9% interest rate with me. Um, at the bank, you can probably get, you know, four, five, 6%, depending on whatever. Uh, so, and, and I will actually run those numbers and give it back to them and say, so listen, right now you're paying 519 a month at 9%, 10%. If you can get it down to 5%, look what that can do to your payment and just to help motivate them to get to the bank um, to get the refinance and pay me out, they get a much better deal and everybody's happy. Yeah. So, so I've done that on more than one occasion. So you know, it's frustrating when you deal with a, a bar, uh, another investor who doesn't understand this because we all want to look for the, the borrowers so you can make sure that they make payments that make sense to them. But you also have to look back to our side. Um, I've been through more than a dozen assets where I couldn't mod. I just couldn't. Um, the numbers didn't work. The, the time frame, everything else come to play. So the fact you show the calculator and we have our ways of doing it, when you're in the modifications, you're in the driver's seat. Like you need to make sure you set those numbers to make sense for both sides. The lenders are gonna look for the, the borrower side and say, this is what it looks like good for the borrower side. They're not thinking with the, the investor cap on. And that's your job as the investor. Yeah. Um, has Have you seen loans been passed to you that people have modded that you're trying to buy that just didn't work because of some mistake they made? Um, like in the actual calculations where they modded and they tried selling to you and it didn't work. You couldn't buy it. Yeah. I've seen ones where they come across and they've got, um, their interest rate, they lowered it like two or 3%. And <laughs> that's a deal killer. Like I, I, I have no, and then it's non-performing when it gets to me. So that's almost impossible. I really only have one and maybe it works, but there's really only one thing I can do and that's take a house back, whether that's Dean Lou or foreclosure, but that's it. I don't have any room to negotiate that as far as a modification, unless I adjust the interest rate. Yeah. Uh, but if they've already put it to a two or a three, chances are um, it's going to be a lot more difficult to raise that to like a eight or a nine. <laughs> than it is going from like a six to an eight. That's that's yeah. a different story. So also understand that you see tapes that come out and a lot of the tapes will say original maturity date, mod, you know, current yeah. maturity date mm -hmm. or original P&I and current P&I. You mm -hmm. need to make sure as an investor, you're looking at, you're looking at the current. 
Yeah. Right. The original information is null and void unless it's actually current information. You know, I don't mark if an asset has been mod or not. That doesn't apply to me because some people say, well, if you mod, you can't mod again. You absolutely can mod again. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Right. It may not work out numbers wise, but the legality you can. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, I look at the fact that I only want to know if it did get modded, what are the new terms? That's right. all I care about. Yeah. People say, well, don't we want to know when it got modded? No. Not really. It doesn't come to play. The numbers, how many payments are left? And what is the PI? And the PI correlates to, you know, those three numbers correlate together. Yeah. Number of payments, your PI, your interest rate, they all kind of correlate together because they all drive each other. So, uh, with some exceptions. So, the time that I care about when it was modded was if it was like in the last year Ooh. or 18 months or something like that, like sometime recent, then yes, I definitely care because if they couldn't make that mod, why would they make my mod? You know, that they obviously had troubles no matter what. So the chances of them making payments at all are, yeah. are slim. And how do you come up with your, your P&I for them? How do you calculate how much they should pay a month? Uh, I have a conversation with them and say, listen, um, you know, I want this to be something that you can realistically afford. And, and I will go through, um, not always, but oftentimes I'll go through and we'll look at their income and stuff like that. Um, what their other obligations are. We'll do like a whole um, application. Um, but it kind of depends. There, there are some times where I, I don't do that, but I, I guess most of the time I do. And just look at what is their actual income and can they realistically afford that? If they're telling me that they make $2,000 a month and the payment is $900, then this isn't going to work. You know, yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I can totally do 900. I appreciate your enthusiasm, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's setting you up for failure and it's setting us both up for frustration. And it's just going to make this a problem a couple of months down the road. So let's-, let's And their bank it. account tells you a lot. They're ins and outs. Right, you're gonna get three months of bank statements. You yeah. can ask for three months of bank statements. You can look yeah. at the tax terms. You want to see what they're spending money on. Maybe yeah. that expense that they couldn't afford before is now gone. Right. Maybe something happened and they can't pay all the back reinstatement money, but they can catch back up. Maybe they get paid more now because that expense, medical, whatever's wiped done, I now yeah. can put a lot of money to this. Yeah. So those bank statements, you do a quick budget and figure out what they can really realistically afford and they should have that money in the bank account that it up now i got yeah. 14 grand there because i was able to do this this last six months i just can't come up with another 50 grand of green state um and those are great streets to be in yeah right but you shouldn't get that thing to a three percent interest rate you don't no. do that um uh, and there's other way you don't have to it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be the interest rate you can adjust the time you can adjust, uh, you know, what even the unpaid balance in some cases, but, yeah. but <laughs> not the interest rate. You, yeah. you have to keep that high, yes. um, both for resale. And then, like I say, I use it as a, as a motivation to go and get refinance. Yeah, and, it's a great reason. If, yep. Again, if they refinance, they're getting paid out 100% of the money that's owed to you. Yeah. And that's huge. I know a lot of people won't mod, won't do anything if there's equity in the property, right? It was equity. I ain't doing anything. You can sell the property or foreclosing. Okay. And there's people out there who do that. And I get that theory, right? Because why mod situation that there's money to be made there? Sure. I get it. But 
Yeah. It's not right? me, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some are bigger funds, some are smaller investors. Some people want yeah. the house. Yeah. And they don't care. Um, so it's interesting to see that kind of mindset. So guys, if you have any questions, feel free to put in the chat. We'll, we're monitoring that. But we're just kind of growing off the cuff here because I think this is important as this cycle turns out. Um, I was talking to a good friend of ours uh, this morning for a while and the gluttony of REOs is coming um, and it's coming down the pike. Uh, larger companies are getting prepared for this. Mm -hmm. um, so they're seeing the light bulbs go off, um, both in the real estate side of it, they're ramping up REO stuff. Um, and also on the investor side, they're ramping up how they're going to station um, because it's going to be interesting that house prices right now are ridiculous and things aren't staying in the market. Mm -hmm. That's going to flip soon. Yeah. And there's yeah. going to be situations where this will become a buyer's market and values are going to plummet and come back down to earth. Um, I can't say when, but it's going to happen. So you need to make sure you're in that position. Yeah. Does that make notes more attractive? It can, right? Um, depends on what the value, the, the how many are going to be in the market. Um, so I do think after hearing more, this is going to be interesting in the next year or so when once the government relaxes all the rules, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? Well, another is our notes going to be more attractive? Maybe. Right now we're at historically low interest rates. Yeah, so absolutely. that makes, again, modifications difficult. Yeah. Um, not impossible, but but it becomes a challenge uh, when they wrote the loan at three or four percent, and me True. as an investor, I'm looking at eight or nine, and yeah. you know how do we make up that difference? That's you know we just did a refiner house, I think I mentioned before, and there's no appraisal needed, and I'm wow. like, okay, I gotta have all this appraisal requirements. Oh, I say four hundred bucks. I'm like, as a bank, you're not appraising me. Well, yeah, they yeah. took our number and they said that, that because house prices are going up, they're, they're okay with it. Wow. Oh, I mean, that's amazing. So we're at 275 in grant now, which is ridiculous. That sounds like 2006. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no appraisal needed, low interest rate, higher value in the home that they think, you know, we didn't, we're, we're loan to value is really low compared to it. But I'm like, wow, they really go off the cuff. So when you're doing these modifications, are you talking to an attorney? Are you having your service to do it? Are you drafting the paperwork? How do you handle it? Um, I usually do it um, if it's not too complicated. If it's just a reinstatement, that's that's a pretty easy, yep. uh, pretty easy thing to do. That doesn't take very much. Modification, uh, same thing. I've got kind of a template that I use, and uh, we'll just kind of plug and play. Um, again, uh, if that's a simple modification, if there's if it's and and we're right now so far we've just been talking about just adjusting one of the numbers and then then you've got all the arrears to deal with yeah and so then there's all kinds of different things you can do with that and and I've done everything from tacking it on the end to they pay a portion of it now to they make higher payments for six months and then it goes down you know I've done all kinds of different things and so that, again whatever works uh, between you and the borrower whatever you can negotiate. And make sure you guys know that when you're looking at balloons and when, you know, deferred principles push the end, understand sometimes and most of the time, there's no interest on that money. It's mm -hmm. literally at zero. So mm -hmm. it's not gaining interest, right? Um, so should a loan mod run through an RMLL? No, you don't need to run through an RMLL. Your service should do it, um, which I've done just because I don't have a template. I, I, I should have one. I never did. Uh, more nervous than anything else about that stuff. I'll, I'll run my services through the 
reinstatement or a mod, I'll pay the money for it. It's usually 500 bucks, but I'll charge it back to the borrower. Yeah. Right. To listen, borrower, you pay for that. And I've also, so my template I should mention is one that I, I, I did a couple with an attorney and it was the same form each time. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I, <laughs> I'll just use that. And yeah, it works. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's generally the same kind of thing every each time. So it's nothing too, too big. And guys, if you ever want to do something like that, um, we use it uh, through our Google Sheets. You can probably do it through Google, uh, Excel as well. Uh, but there's actually a way you can um, create documents through an Excel spreadsheet using tags. Um, mm -hmm. And you can have a template Word document and just have the tags. And as you put into the spreadsheet, it actually populates by going through a formula and it populates into the special spots inside that Word document and you create the PDF within seconds. So, um, and then Dave, you, you, yeah. you go through your servicer to do that. Yep. So do you just kind of give them... Um, some parameters and then they just negotiate. We'll say, here's what we want. Just draft up the legal side of it. Okay. Right. So and yeah. I think five or bucks I think it is, but I used to say, listen, let the borrow pay it. Sure. So I, I used to do that with the servicer and um, because this is what I do full time and because I'm always looking to sell it, uh, speed is a factor for me. Oh yeah, that's true. So going through the servicer, to me, it just was, it just was inefficient. Yep, it is. Uh, just because we're passing messages back and forth and back and forth, and it just was dragging things out. Yeah. So that's a big reason why I just, I just talked to borrow myself. Sure, good question about that, though. Um, but yeah, I've never used, or don't, I don't see a reason to use an RMLO for a mod. That's usually for creating a loan. Yeah. Um, we're just modifying the original terms of what it was. That Now, the question of, you know, does a mod get recorded in the county record and all that stuff, right? that doesn't supersede the original mortgage that's recorded. It's additional yeah. to the note. So it's a different term of the note. The mortgage is still there. Yeah. So that in that essence, you're not creating a new lien. You're just modifying the note terms on the deal. Right. Now there are some times where um, I just had one this past year where it was in Florida and we were actually this close to the end of the loan or actually to the end of the uh, really? statute of limitations on it Ooh. so we we recorded it so that that statute would restart so that it, that got wiped out so that we could reset the clock um and have this brand new you know new loan on the books so that it it kind of reset it for us so we didn't have to deal with any of that nonsense interesting so there's all different reasons why i do a loan mod i think most people you know, get nervous around loan mods because it's, it's foreign to them. Um, but loan mods are are your best friend because you control everything with the loan mod. Uh, I, I find it just, it opens up so many options and you can yeah. just, you can get super creative on how you want to do it. And again, you can't just go off willy-nilly and whatever you feel like, it all has to be agreed upon between you and the borrower. I've been in a situation where I was going to sell the note, um, told them, listen, we're going to mod on it. And I said, what terms do you want? And we pre-arranged because it was a friend of mine and we pre-arranged the terms that are going to buy mm -hmm. and it made sense. Yeah. Um, and the borrower was more than happy to do it because they could keep their house. So, yeah. So this then, is awesome. This is awesome avenue for people to understand that this, this, this position of the lender is, is key because everything else around it allows the borrower to do what they want to do. This right. is the control you have. Yeah. So if you're looking for some general guidelines, Generally speaking, you want 
higher interest rate, you want shorter term, um, and that's really it. That's yeah. those are kind of the two parameters there. I was going to say the other one is uh, down payment. You want a larger down payment, but that's if you're originating. Yeah, and you know down really payment's it. good to get the UPB down too. Yes. Right? Um, I know I've bought loans where the borrower put a huge down payment down. They're selling it now because now their base is super low mm -hmm. and they're able to sell it now at a really good price because their base is low. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see any more questions. If you do have any questions, feel free to put in the chat. This was a kind of a quick conversation we wanted to have. Nothing long, nothing dragged out. Um, but, you know, in the coming weeks, it's going to be coming to play. Um, Nathan, you want to share some of the stuff we want to talk about in the next few weeks? Where our team? Yeah, up? you bet. So right before we do that, just I had one thought yep. here I wanted just to mention. Yep. Now again, higher interest rate. I, I said that within limits, and <laughs> and it's a state by state specific. Uh, there are states out there. Pennsylvania comes to mind. I know there's another one that I can't remember right now, where uh, the usury rate is whatever the going interest rate is of that day plus 3% or something yep. like that. So so it can be great to say, okay, you've agreed with the borrower, everyone's cool with the 10%. Double check that though, <laughs> because- yes. You can't make you, a 15%. You want, right, you don't want yeah. that to go over the usury uh, limits. Uh, you can get yourself into a whole heap So I'm just reading the question that came up, I put in chat for you too. Uh, do you rule thumb calculate on crafting loan mod terms? How do you qualify the bar bar to payment terms? There, I'll let you. I mean, a rule of thumb for calculating load. Eh, kind of. So the question is: Do you have a rule of thumb or slash uh, calculator on crafting a loan modification terms? Not exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a calculator you're using now. I mean, it's yeah. really. What it's works? I fiddle around with my calculator. And what I do is I look and see, okay, if I'm going to sell this later at a 12 yield, what I, you know, a relatively high yield to somebody else, what would my sale price be at that point? And if that works for me, great, yeah. <laughs> then that's a good mod. Uh, and that's, that's a big, big factor for me is just looking at it in those terms. And I think for me, you know, there is no rule of thumb because you can't go by rule of thumb because there's a lot of things going on here that you don't have that are, are in play. If the interest rate's already too low or if the interest rate's really high or if the UPB is super high or if the borrower can or can't pay it or there's so many orders, the rule of thumb is really based on what the borrower can do and what mm -hmm. return do you want to sell this thing at. Mm -hmm. If I want to sell it at a 12, I got to make sure that the, the numbers work, that my base is low enough that if I go to sell it, that I'm not going to get a haircut selling this thing, right? Mm -hmm. The second, you got to make sure you're going to get 12, 14 yield to a buyer. You need to make sure that if they, you go to sell it, you have enough. Maybe you require a higher down payment to get your basis down enough that, yeah, if it's a 4% coupon, but a UPB is a dollar amount, you basis being your break-even number. Mm -hmm. If you bought the thing for 30 and it's worth 100, and they're able to put down $30,000 and get it down from, say it's 90 at the time and the mod's going on, down to 60, and now you're cashed out? Well, you don't care what the hell you put it at. Someone comes, yeah. I'll buy it for, you know, 25 grand. Okay, done deal. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the idea of there's, you know, a example of what 
you do um, the 10, 10, 10. Again, it, it's more what are the numbers currently? What are your internal numbers? What do you have a basis in? What are the interest rate? Now, if you're in a situation where that same loan that's $100,000 UPP, you buy it and now it's at 90, your basis is 70. Mm -hmm. You can't sell it a really good deal because your, your base is where they're at. I hope they answer your question. Um, so I'll, I'll take that as well. So the he's in the question there, he's talking about the 10, 10, 10 rule, 10% uh, down, 10% uh, interest rate and for over 10 years. That's my rule of thumb when I'm originating. And again, it's a rule of thumb. So it's not exact. Sometimes it'll be more like 15 years. Sometimes it'll be a 9% interest rate, whatever. Sometimes it'll be a 5% down payment. It's, it, uh, that's it's the rule to get the of thumb. number that's to work. my ideal, right. That's right. my ideal, but it doesn't always work, of course. Because 9.9 .9 is the average where most things, 9.9, 10% is the where you really draw a line where you can go up to. Yeah. <laughs> so And then getting them to do a down payment. Ideally, yes, for sure. But again, you're dealing with people. Uh, <laughs> we're not all machines. And, and yeah. maybe they just legitimately don't have it. And in that case, I, I'm not going to say, listen, down payment or nothing. Um, I'm going to you know, talk with them and figure out what they can do. So the other question here was, don't you want even a small down payment to have more skin the game for the borrower, regardless of how serious they are following them on? You know, I often ask for somebody down, some good faith money. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also done the, the double where they put down three, I'll match it. Mm -hmm. uh, they put down five, I'll match it. Mm -hmm. um, yes and no, but I think that for me, down payment is not always required. Um, but I will, I, I'm trying to think back if I've ever not got a down payment on any of my mods. I've usually got like a thousand dollars. So John, I'll agree with you there that I do ask for a little skin. Um, but I know the fact that if I'm going through my servicer and I'm paying 500 bucks for it to originate, they're putting skin in to do that anyway. Yeah. So I may say it's a thousand dollars minus whatever the, the mod cost. Right. But it may be in lieu of, as if I can get a down payment for sure, of course, yeah. I'd like to do a down payment. But maybe in lieu of that, I'll do, a, you know, double payments. Or maybe yeah. the, the regular payment's 500, so we'll say 750 for the first three or six months or something like that. Yeah. And that'll be kind of the, the way of working that in. Yeah. So And there's all kinds of different ways you can do it. There's, you know, whatever you can think of. Good question, guys. I appreciate you chiming in there. Um, I've had heard the 10, 10, 10 rule. Um, but I've never lived by it. I think Nathan put it to point that that's more of origination. Um, again, selling, how can you sell it? What can you do to sell it? Mm -hmm. Your payments are low, your, your payments are high. You have a short-term kind of thing. Uh, and it works out so awesome. So tee up some, what are some future conversations that we're going right. to happen? So we are actually having a, a mortgage originator come on. I think that's next week. Uh, we've got... I actually, I don't and that's going to be code. talking about CFDs converting to notes. Yeah, converting over or straight originations. Um, you know, some of the do's and don'ts, what you can do, what you can't do, what you might need for that origination, what kind of documentation, that kind of thing. Uh, and there's, it's definitely a topic worth exploring. So I'm, I'm glad we're doing that. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, we're talking with uh, the attorneys that are setting up my fund, actually. Uh, they're coming on here in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, they're going to talk about raising money and 
do's and don'ts, things you can do, things you can't do, uh, JVs or not JVs, uh, <laughs> a different thing. Yeah, so the JV talk is something I, I, I push on. I know I've had a couple of people on is, you know, can you JV legally? Can you not JV legally? How can you raise money legally without having a fund? Um, who can you partner with? How can you partner with them? Mm -hmm. um, without, even if they're okay with it, what can you do? What can't you do? So that's definitely a topic. If you're a newer investor and you've been told to joint venture to raise money, mm -hmm. that's something to tune in on because, you know, I'm sure I'll be learning something then, um, but it will talk about those kind of interesting side of it. Um, we're not going to dive into the, like what fund to do and which type of funds. Yeah. We're not going to get into that. We're more talking about as a small investor, what can I do and how can I raise money to buy an asset and what's the do's and don'ts in doing that. Um, some of it may be surprising because a lot of people have been talked into death. I know I was in the beginning that just join venture, just raise some money and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you can get yourself in some legal problems. You can't, um, so you got to watch it. Yeah. So uh let's some, see what else we got coming up yeah we have some we, we were talking offline if you guys have any particular topics that you'd like us feel free to put that or email us over or whatever you got to do um jump in and yeah. you know add the information but we have some some cool stuff we want to come up with um that's not a typical topic uh one topic i want to also get into um we have a few other things offline um but virtual assistance is something that we've talked offline about uh, we've also talked about, um, you know, people are buying notes differently than we are and having those guys on, um, they're buying a smaller asset and kind of brokering stuff. And it's interesting that there are some great brokers out there. Um, me, and him, me and Nathan know a few of them that are awesome, um, but things like that. So cool. Well, guys, Nathan, enjoy your weekend. Um, yeah, you hopefully too. we don't get rain like crazy. I got a call from my, I think my electric company we're on. Probably tell me I'm a well customer that there's gonna be a storm coming. Oh yeah. Oh good times. Yeah. I guess no golfing this weekend, guys. So <laughs> well, thank you everyone for jumping in, chiming yes, in, indeed. answering questions. Uh I look forward to seeing you guys next weekend. And uh I do see a poll that looks like we had 56% of people have done a mod and 44% have not. So interesting. All yeah, right. that's awesome to see that people have done it, they understand it. And hopefully you did it right. Yeah. I, worst case, have your uh, attorney or servicer check it over. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> we make it we make it sound easy, but it's nerve wracking the first time you go. It is for sure. Yeah. So. All right, guys, we're gonna sign off now. I appreciate you guys jumping in, and enjoy your weekend. Take care, yeah, everybody. Thank you.